It's your biggest sports show on Saturday morning. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Joey Montagna, Jay-Z Clark and Sarah Marie as they talk all things sport and tackle the big topics. I just discovered that Dragon is <laughs> the one that will call Jay-Z onto the dance yeah, floor there. Yeah, I love a bit of Dragon. This is Triple M's Dead Set Legends. Back for another morning on our long weekend as well. For some people, very good morning to you both. Yes, good morning, Sarah Marie. I do love a bit of drag and anything gets me up on the dance floor, uh, to be <laughs> honest. Exciting times for Melbourne. We've got a massive race day out there at Flemington. Speak to Craig Williams a little bit later. And the football season, Joey, is just yes, around the corner. Yes, So we're all excited about that and what's going to happen on Wednesday night. A replay of the grand final. We might touch on a little bit later. What happened in the nightclub after mm. last year's grand final? I think there's a bit of a story there, but you look, um, are you burnt? You're burnt. You've done something this week. You've been in the sun. You are peeling a little bit. You I need some moisturiser. Yes, I am peeling. Apologies for that. Because, been well, I went on my golf trip. I had my little boy's trip. My best mate's 40th uh, was about a, a couple of weeks ago. And on his bucket list was to head off yes. playing a golf trip to Barnboogle and King oh. Island over in Tasmania. Beautiful. So six of my best mates from school. We ticked it off. We flew out <laughs> Sunday morning, got back Wednesday night. But I forgot. I forgot. I didn't really know until people told me how the UV, the, the, oh, the hole in the ozone layer over Tassie, and the UV's really strong over there. Absolutely. Yeah, I didn't really know you much about it. You should be wearing sunscreen. I wear it every day. You sound like my wife, Sarah Marie. <laughs> she said that when I said, I'm cooked. I've burnt myself. She goes, why didn't you put sunscreen on? Well, I learned after the first day. I did wear sunscreen the rest of the trip, but it got me, but it was awesome. Uh, Kate Wickham's the second best golf course in Australia. Barnboogle? Barnboogle. How was it? It was great. It was great. How did you, did you hit 130 or you okay? Oh, we all did. We lost that many balls. Yeah. Like it is, if you hit it out of the fairways, you lose your balls everywhere. And it's snake infested, particularly on King Island. There are warnings everywhere, ceremony about the snakes. Yes. Even on the back of your scorecard, poisonous snakes on the in the rough, be careful. But, hey, me, you know me. You know how courageous I am, Jay-Z. <laughs> I did the most courageous thing since I had gotten a wrestle with Anthony Kudafidis. Yes. My ball, because normally if your ball goes in the rough, it's gone. You yep. can't find it. Yep. But as we drove up to one of the – I could see my ball in the rough, and it was sitting like in a pretty good sh- position where I could hit it. Yep. So I've looked at the boys and thought, do I go in this snake-infested rough to try and hit my ball or not? And they said, go for it. I said, well, you keep an eye out for the snakes. I tiptoed over there, scared as heart rate was pumping, hit yes. my ball out of the fairway and quickly bolted back on and got out of there. And uh, we had a great time. It was It's worth doing. If you love your golf, it's certainly something you've got to tick off the bucket list. Did you have more shots or more beers? Like, did you have more beers than you had golf shots well, at Ben Ben Boogle? That's the whole point of a golf trip. You do a bit of both, Jay-Z. And we had a great time. Thank you. Well, I'm glad that you have returned with no snake bites because we were chatting off air and you were given the heads up to just be careful about the sheer amount of snakes. Yes, that was all anyone said, yeah. be careful of the snakes. But um, we only saw a couple. There was one time that we did see one with a thrill. We all called over and we're not getting our balls there. But um, no, great to be back and great to get that just a little break before the footy season because it is going to be a hectic footy season, Jay-Z. Mm-hmm. I'd just like to say you're not the only hero because I killed a gigantic black spider <laughs> just outside the shower this morning. So, you know, we're all lucky that we're here to this morning, okay? We are all heroes. Yes, we are indeed. Now, there's going to be a bit of contract chat yes. this morning because a little bit later, we're going to be joined by Robbie Durazio, who's, of course, part of the Stan original Show Me The Money. That'll be after 11, but I believe, Jay-Z, that yep. you have got 
Some contract news. Two of the best young players in the competition in Port Adelaide, Zach Butters and Connor Rosie, have re-signed at Port Adelaide for another two years. So they previously signed up four other players, uh, Cleary, uh, Willem Drew uh, at Port Adelaide. Dan Houston. Dan Houston for five years. That was a nice old deal. But this is a massive one because Zach Butters and Connor Rosie, like if you were thinking about the best 10 players in the competition under the age of 24, Joey, I've got these two guys right up there. In fact, Port Adelaide, I understand, think that Zach Butters, uh, I know there's been a lot of focus on Rosie as pick six, I think he is, but Zach Butters could be a, an even better player. So this is massive news um, for Port Adelaide and, uh, and stitching up or, or um, re-signing those two young players, which brings me to an early pick one, Joey, because right. I, I'm, uh, you know, I like to try and give you a, a curly question at times, and perhaps we can get your answer on this. Who is going to be a better player? Whose stocks are you buying? Connor Rosie's at Port Adelaide or Matthew Rowell at Gold Coast? Who do you think is going to be the better player out of Rosie and Rowell? Ooh, can you let me marinate on that one? Need you to marinate. I'll, uh, I'll give you an answer a bit later. I have to think about that one. You've given that to me on the spot. That's not a bad one. I like that. On uh, the other big news of the week, of course, last night, Jordan Degoe, the Collingwood uh, superstar, fined $10,000. It'll be a charitable donation to the Salvation Army for the nightclub incident, uh, of course. Basically, the AFL found that while he didn't instigate the fracker uh, with the patron at the New York nightclub, he did join in and uh, obviously was drinking at the time. Um, fight sanctioned under Rule 2.3, conduct unbecoming. Collingwood very confident that Geordie's got his ducks in a row and that he's committed to being the best person and the best player he can this year. Of course, the proof will be in the pudding. So we'll see about that and how much interest there will be from other clubs in Jordan Degoe, who is uh, the biggest free agent at the end of the year. Over the last couple of years, there's been a few incidences with players in nightclubs. Back in your playing days, Joey, what was it like for you going to a club? Was that something in the back of your mind going, I cannot stuff this up or, or just be anywhere near any mess here. Oh, 100%. Every time we went out, we had to be careful of gooses that wanted to try and pick a fight or yeah. give you some lip or we had guys throw ice at us and all those sorts of things just to try and stir us up and get our attention. It's always something AFL players and any sort of celebrity, really, anyone that's famous has to be a bit careful of. So sometimes it does get out of hand, but um, look, Jordan degoe has been fine for basically been a bit of a goose overseas. And do you, I just want to ask you about the relationship with the Collingwood Club. Do you yep. think there's a chance, like every chance that he can still stay and have a long, strong career at Collingwood? Or do you, what's your belief in yep. regards to whether maybe, you know, he's he's broken a bit too much trust and yep. maybe it's best for everyone if he explores his options out of contract? Plenty of water to go under the bridge. My gut feel is that the storyline of the narrative that will build this year is that Joe, Jordan needs a fresh start and that, um, you know, he, he would benefit from a change of club. I think if he still performs well and does all the right things off the field, there is still a future at Collingwood. I think Craig McRae is going to have a huge say in that, and their relationship is is really strong. So if I had to put a bet on it now, I think maybe a club like St Kilda, who needs some pizzazz, etc., maybe, or um, another other club would, would sort of loom large, someone with a, a bit of cash. But he didn't get the big payday at North Melbourne. He knocked back a five-year, $1 million deal. That's $5 million bucks. He knocked it back then. I don't know that he could turn down the big bucks six this time, and I don't know that they're going to be on offer at Collingwood. I'll tell you what, though. He's underrated in his season. Like last year, there were only I think we mentioned it earlier, three players yep. that had 20 disposals and a goal a game. Yep. That was Dustin Martin, Christian Petrarca, Marcus Bontempelli, and Jordan Degoe. Yep. Like, the, it's, he, he can still, he's still putting together some pretty big numbers. Speaking of players' futures, yes. I want to ask you about Jack Darling yes. over the West Coast Eagles. We all thought he was gone for the season, not going to play 
It's been a bit of news overnight of the last two days that maybe he's got his, his first vaccination. Change of heart, a big backflip, a jackflip, in fact. Uh, of course, uh, Joey. Do, do, do you like that one? Oh, gags, gags for days. Um, so he has re-signed. Now, the question, so he's, he's missed you know, two or three months of pre-season, right? He's dallying around. Anyway, makes a call to get the jab. He's going to be at training on Monday. Will Schofield, his former teammate, said, gee, I don't, I don't know how this is going to fly with his teammates. Has he let him down? What do you think, Joey? How would it be in the locker room when Jack Darling walks back into the club on Monday. No, my first thoughts and gut feel would be that it would be great relief to have him back. I mean, he's a wonderful mm. player. You've got to respect everyone's right to, to what, do whatever they want to do. So if that's his choice, and we've heard the players, I mean, Dom Sheed was on record saying that, you know, we, we support whatever his decision is. We might not agree with it, but you've got to. So I think that they, they'd be happy just to have him back in the into the fold. They desperately need him with yep. all the injuries they've got. I think most of them would welcome him back with open arms and just be glad that they he's back it. in there. They need him. And from all reports, he was keeping himself very, very fit away from the club anyway. So uh, it's great to see him get his first vaccination. Is he led? He's still not allowed at the club yet, is he, until he gets his second? That's my understanding. Uh, I thought he. I thought. I, think I thought he was back on Monday. I'll check that. Okay. I thought he was back in on we'll Monday. We'll check that, and we'll get yeah. back to that as well later on. I wanted to get your opinion actually on this from both of you because there has been a bit of a pile on saying it's too late. And what you just said there, Joey, was well, you know, y- you should be getting around him. Isn't that the point? If you're trying to encourage somebody, how do you guys feel? Because I mean, there's always going to be a social media pile on. Yeah. But there was a big pile on that no mate it's too late it, you should have done it earlier i wouldn't wouldn't worry about what they're saying on social media what's the old saying better late than never this is the quote from will Schofield, yeah. his former west coast teammate if i was still a player at west coast i would find it difficult to accept jack darling back into the group for this season Why? so maybe he's they lost some trust or didn't do the you know didn't do the work didn't um didn't get the jab like everyone else Gee, it's yeah everyone's entitled to yeah, yeah. their own it, choice it would be interesting to see how that that, that plays out this season mm. in, in the locker room, whether they embrace him or not. I'm pretty sure they will. I think all the players will. So yeah. good to have him back, hopefully, anyway. Yeah, I like what you said. Better mm. late than never. That's right. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. It is great to have you back on the show this year. Now, we've got to have a chat about Daniel Ricciardo because he has COVID, so obviously we wish him a speedy recovery. But how much would this affect his pre-season preparation and how much do you think that that will be impacted? Yeah, he's announced it on his social media this morning. Um, he says he's feeling a little bit better already, but doing all the right things in terms of isolating Formula One and the McLaren team will have some very good systems in place around this. And he's rightly pointed out better now than uh, next week for the opening round of the championship. So we wish him a speedy recovery. Obviously, you can watch a little bit of Drive to Survive while he's recovering. That brand new uh, season has dropped so much hype um, around this. And I'm told, I've just started to watch it, but I've been told by some colleagues the uh, the final episode is epic. So, um, yeah, look forward to watching that. Oh, there's a hook. <laughs> that is absolute Christmas. I, I, I cannot wait to, wa- to watch this. It is going to be fantastic. I think there's 10 episodes. Um, honestly, Joey, I'm so excited. I know. That, you know, like, about it. <laughs> I can't wait to binge it. Hey, uh, Chaz Moss that leads the Supercar Series after round one. Has the Bathurst winning team got the wherewithal to regularly challenge Red Bull and Dick Johnson Racing, Rusty? I reckon they can, and some people probably feel the Walkinshaw team are maybe a bit ahead of 
where they've been talking about. So obviously a very special win, as you point out, at Bathurst last year for Chas Mostert and Lee Holdsworth. Great for um, that team. They've put some things in place that show they've taken some real steps forward, but I think they've talked like it'll still take a bit of time for them to be championship contenders. So Chaz is top of the points. A lot came out of that opening round. Great debut for young Brock Feeney. It was a bit of a welcome to, to supercars. They play tough in that game, but he did a few good things that impressed after taking over from uh, from Jamie Wincup. Big shoes to fill there. And Shane Van Gisbergen um, had some mighty drives when he was uh, on the back foot on occasion. So uh, lots to look forward to there. I think it'll be a three-way fight, as you, as you say. It's going to be the Walkinshaw team, particularly with Chaz, um, Red Bull and Dick Johnson racing, and that's great for fans of supercars. It's going to be a good year there. Well, thanks to Bendix Brakes. Thanks again for joining us, Greg. Rusty's Motorsport Update. Bendix Brakes. Put your foot down with confidence. Hey, we've now got some Saturday scoreboard. Just to have a look at some other sports happening around Australia and around the world. The second test in Pakistan starts today. Jay-Z, Mitch yes. Swepson, is going to make his debut. So we need to play the second spinner. We saw it didn't work for us in the first test. You know, it was the, the worst in history, Australia's bowling average. We took a wicket every 283 runs, four wickets in the test match. So I'm not sure whether we're able to take 20 wickets to win this test match, but at least Mitch Swepson gets his chance at the expense of Josh Hazelwood. And how boring are those days in the field when you play cricket and you can't get a wicket for absolutely hours? You think, all my mates are at the beach or at the pub or something like that, and I'm out fielding for fine league. We can't get a a pole. It was an absolute mare by the selectors not to pick the second spinner, and great to see uh, Mitch Swepson in because you know when you're bowling Usman Khawaja you got you got problems and there's going. a nice little synergy with the leg spinner coming in this week after what happened last mm. weekend so we wish, wish Mitch Swepson yes yeah, that's a tongue twister <laughs> all the best hey uh, NRL kicked off a couple of nights ago Penrith the Premier's defeated Manly 28-6 that was without Nathan Cleary Manly were the favourites but they were nowhere near it Canberra defeated the Sharks. The Brisbane Broncos got their season off to a great start, upsetting the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And our Melbourne Storm take on the West Tigers tonight. So looking forward to that one. AFLW, it's the final round of the home and away season. Uh, the top six looks set. Collingwood just have to make sure they beat Richmond to secure a sixth spot. But Melbourne, the team that you tipped in the preseason, Jay-Z, mm-hmm. as the Premiers, they are flying. So yep. they are looking at the goods Taylor yep. Harris and Daisy Pearce in that forward line. They beat Fremantle almost by 100 points last week, and Freo are one of the premiership favourites. And just a little bit of NFL news for those following. Do you see the trade of Russell we- uh, Russell Wilson, who's massive? He's been the quarterback for Seattle, won a Super Bowl. He's now gone across to the Denver Broncos in a huge deal. So uh, he's going to have try and win a- another Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos. And Tiger Woods, we saw during the week, inducted officially into the Golf Hall of Fame. I saw yesterday, I watched the NBA, I saw that the Nets absolutely walloped the 76ers. That's a big rivalry now with the whole Ben Simmons thing going on. Did you see that Ben Simmons didn't suit up, so he didn't play against yep. Philly? But one time the ball rolled to him, he picked it up to throw it back, and the whole crowd just booed, booed him. <laughs> it was phenomenal. So imagine if he had played. And I hope, imagine if those two teams meet in the playoffs. It will be unbelievable. Hope so. Hope they do. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends, Triple M. And to talk all things Super Saturday, gun jockey Craig Williams joins us now. Tell me, what are you most looking forward to about today? This is our exciting autumn race meetings being Super Saturday at Flemington at headquarters. And it's actually our biggest race day that we have. 
away from the Spring Carnival week. So uh, it's a it's a real action-packed day with great horses and great competition. It's almost like the grand final of autumn, isn't it? I mean, we know how much we love the Spring Carnival, but this is certainly the big day um, earlier in the year. So can you tell us, Craig, what time did you get up this morning? Have you got the spring in the step? Does it feel like an extra special day for you? And, and, and what's involved? Well, I try to stay in bed for as long as possible, but I had uh, I had the radio interview, so I got uh, rolled out of bed a bit earlier. Oh, <laughs> Thanks, Willow. But, we uh, owe you a beer, mate. Is that what you're saying? We've, we've, we've had night meetings, twilight meetings and everything else, and um, I actually got lucky yesterday because my horse made a Bendigo got scratched, so I didn't have to go to Bendigo. So <laughs> I actually had a relaxed, a more relaxed day than normal yesterday. But yep. um, these are big days, and these are these are you are right. It's our grand final. One of our grand final days, which are actually next Saturday, is the All Star Mile as well mm. to Victoria. Before, you know, so it is our basically our our Spring Carnival of the autumn. And I guess for people outside of racing, I, I think um, they only think that racing's Melbourne Cup week, and and that's when they see it in the Caulfield Cup and mm. the and the Fox Plate uh, or country meetings. But in the autumn, we have some really good racing. They're all the same horses from the spring. They've had Christmas off, like we all have. And um, and there's really really good action. There's also the competitions between New South Wales and Melbourne with more prize money. So we've uh, we've got a really good day today of two good Group One races where we've got a lot of invaders from over the border coming down because you know they want our riches. They want to be part of the Group One action here at Flemington today. Mm-hmm. We are chatting to superstar jockey yep. Craig Williams. You're right, Craig. Hey, and we've got better weather down here in Melbourne Correct. than to all the heavy, heavy tracks and all that in Sydney. It's better <laughs> off down here. You spoke about the two Group 1s, the new market handicap this afternoon. Mm. What a race that is. Mm. This is going to be awesome. And you are in a real-life chance on Swats that. It was a uh, terrific run in the Lightning, I think fourth behind, uh, obviously, Home Affairs and Nature Strip. You must be confident that the horse can go pretty well this afternoon? Yeah, absolutely. She... she... She meets uh, the winner on that occasion who's the favourite for today's race and obviously the horse we have to beat uh, four kilos better. And um, and I, I worked her during the week down the straight. She's a real straight specialist. She's a high-quality mare and she's got a light weight and she's a live chance in this very, very competitive new market today. Of course, that's Swats that in uh, yep. race six, number 14, is who Craig is riding this afternoon, who he's talking about in the new market. Straight specialist, Joey, much like you on the dance floor, from what I uh, remember, <laughs> uh, to be honest. Hey, um, changing tack a little bit, uh, Craig, you're, you're your partner, obviously, um, uh, from Ukraine or have a Ukrainian heritage, and you ha- you, um, you, you've you made a strong statement about this um, before. We're all devastated by the scenes over there uh, and Europe, but it's clearly personally um, impacted you. And I, and I imagine, well, you're clearly fully focused on the racing. This has been a tough time for your family. Yeah, I, I guess I guess when you say it personally affects me, what I've been really pleased about and impressed and is the fact that humanity is just coming to the forefront. Even companies and people, even if profits usually come first, they're doing what's right. Yep. Um, Ukrainian people chose a democracy um, country and unfortunately with the invasion, it's um they're, they're trying to be forced back into communism. So it is it is actually event against uh, d- democracy against communism and people have a right. But unfortunately, um, when you have a really big bully, but it's it's very very heartening to see that um, that people around the world are really getting behind and supporting Ukraine, which is most importantly they're very tough, resilient country and people, and um, and they're not asking people to fight for them. They just mm. need, they just need help, and um, and uh, it's quite devastating what's happening over there. My wife's in continual contact with her mother and her brother and sister-in-law, 
and of course that's where she grew up. So it it does affect us. But she's she's like the rest of them. They're very strong. They're very resilient, and they're determined that with with help and uh, good fortune, they'll still come out of it and and be their own country and and have their own choices. Which is something that we we now realise how lucky that we are if we are uh, Australian passport holder, born and live in Australia. Well, we're thinking of uh, you and the family, mate. We certainly hope they're okay. It is devastating scenes over there, and we hope for a quick uh, resolution. You're forty four. Uh, now, Willow, is it 66 Group 1s by my count? I'm a, clo- I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan and I, I uh, chalk off these every week. Uh, Joey, how's the motivation to still feel, to still want to be at the, at the top of your game, you know, in this, at this sort of uh, age, mate? You're still jumping out of bed and going to track work. I mean, it's such a demanding lifestyle that you guys lead. But any, any um, profession or any job that you want to do well, there is always those sacrifices. There are always those demands because you want to do it at a higher level. Mm. So I think that's, again, I don't know because I've only ever been involved in horse racing. But from my perspective, then, if you're not working hard, you're not going to be successful in this game, or I don't think any game, to be honest, is what I tell my children anyway. Yeah. And, um, and and as you know, Joey, um, you've got two kids of your own. So, you know, we, we're trying to motivate them and inspire them. But but they do that for me now. That's my break away from racing, my, my family. My youngest is 10, and I want to give her the best opportunity that is, and that means that I've got to keep working, and I still like good holidays. And I really love the competition, but I, I absolutely love winning. It's one. <laughs> uh, it's like a drug, and it's an adrenaline, and it's, <laughs> it's, just about, it's about success. And even if I ride really well, my horses run their hearts out, and they do their best, if I'm not winning – it's not the same mood on the way home. So uh, <laughs> yeah. love that winning feeling. Uh, you're still one of the best too, Willow. We love watching you ride. Of course, this is the Flemington Racing Spectacular. Next week's yes. the All-Star Mile. And by the way, Craig has a real-life chance on Mr. Brightside. Ooh. But tickets now from Ticket Tech for $20. If you just want to enjoy a day out, go and see some horses. Today, next week, is a good time to go. Craig, thanks for your time. Before yep. we let you go, out of all the rides today, we always have to ask our guests, which one are you most confident on you think you can get the chocolates? Well, before I give you the gold shot, I must admit, and tell you that the, the a couple of extra highlights, which is great for Flemington today, Living Legends are going to be on course with a couple of Australian Cup previous winners in Zipping and Harlem. Yes, oh, so yes. it's great to see those Living Legends. Um, but now, now I am getting old and been riding for 26 years. I get to see a lot of those horses now that I rode, and uh, <laughs> so I'm realising my age. Um, and also, you know, not not good for us jockeys, but there are some some gourmet pop ups there. So oh, yum. I get to, they get to tease me, and um, and then for the after party. But I'm going to get home. I'm, I won't be able oh. to do dance floor moves. But um, I'm interested here. Jungle Giants headlining after the last, which is great to see that racing's not just about the racing today. It's all about people being engaged and having a really good day out. Yep, spot on, brilliant. Well, I don't so think your money will... shot would your money shot would be Kiko and Barbarator for today, and of course what's that would be a really strong chance in the in the new market. That's what I'm on. Awesome. Thank you very much, Will. My pleasure, guys. Have a great day. So just recapping his money shot that he suggested to us, Jay-Z. Kiko is in race one, so that's early. That's at 12.35, number seven. Race one, number seven. Double figure odds in here, so you might like that each way. As he tips us, and he likes Barb Raider, his other good ride of the day, in the CUNY, which is at three o'clock. Race five, number three, Barb Raider who won last start. And, of course, he's got Swats that in the new market, which yep. is a good life chance, a three-year-old that you uh, also tip. But it's a good day. Massive day. My mates are out there. We're seeing some sunshine in Melbourne this morning. Should be glorious. So Home Affairs beats Nature Strippers now. Home Affairs, the best sprinter in the country. Is that taking that title or am I Well, I think, I think, I think it is. Yep. But today is a big test. I'm, I'm not sure whether... 
Well, it's a favourite today, whether it wins. I like Mask Crusader. I think Mask Crusader can bounce back at double figure odds. Ten in, bucks. Yeah, it's a. It, I mean, if it's it's running uh, the Everest last year it was unbelievable. Flew yep. home for second. If it runs anywhere near that, I think it can run over the top of Lost and Running and Home Affairs. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. And we are getting ready for round one. The men are back. It is going to be a huge season opener on Wednesday. But if we look forward to one of the matches on the weekend against the Hawks in North Melbourne, two teams in particular that you guys want to focus on. Yeah, really interesting. I think Hawthorne's at a fascinating uh, crossroad, really, or certainly trying to rise up from last year's uh, disappointment. I think they won two of their first 11 games. Um, and North Melbourne, Robbo was scathing very strong in the um, in the Herald Sun last weekend about North Melbourne. Melbourne's pre-season performance. So there's a big spotlight on them. We have been working through all the clubs ahead of round one, of course, Joey. And I'm I'm really fascinated by the situation at North Melbourne and what they do in their ruck. Because we know Todd Goldstein's been one of the competition's elite ruckmen for a long time. But they've got Callum Coleman-Jones from Richmond. They've got a young kid, Tristan Cherry, who they fought against St Kilda to keep. Now, I would believe that they've got – this is a club who's rebuilding. Todd Goldstein's 33. And this may sound harsh. But they've got to look to the kids. This has got to be a Callum Coleman-Jones and a Tristan Cherry ruck combination for round one. Well, not play Todd Goldstein. I don't I don't think he is part of their future anymore. And he can still, still play a big role Monday to Friday, and I think he'll still play games throughout the season. There needs to be a big statement from David Noble here, Noble here that they're going to, to for the for the kids and the future and they've and they've got to give these guys the opportunity. It's, it's a big call. What do you think? Well, if that was the case, then they should have looked to trade Todd Goldstein last year and get something in return for him. A club like Geelong would have Bent head over heels to get Todd Goldstein. He can Goldstein. still help. He can still coach. He can still be great around the club. Jeez, imagine if he's listening to the show yeah. this morning. Gee, yeah. Good morning, coming his way. Yeah, no, I think. What that, do you reckon? I think while he's there, he still has to play. I agree. He's obviously not going to be part of their next premiership team, but I still think Tristan Cherry's got a long way to go to develop his craft. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with a young ruck still playing. You know, some games at AFL level, he might be the backup. He might have to play a lot of VFL or you know um, reserves football. So, look, I think if Goldstein's fit, he has to play. Callum Coleman-Jones. message, doesn't it? That's not the direction that well, North Melbourne Footy Club's going in. Then they might as well not play Zebel. Not Might as well not play, you know. He's 33, Joey. Yeah. Todd, got Todd Goldstein. Yeah. I think if you've got a 22-year-old Ruckman and Tristan Jerry, that baton's got to be passed. And I think round one be a really powerful statement. We know they've got a, such a good young midfield. Simpkin, T- Taron Thomas. Yeah. I mean, what do you think this North Melbourne team can achieve? Where's the pass oh, I think a powerful statement would be if Tristan Cherry goes past Todd Goldstein and earns the number one Ruck, not just give it to him off the, at the statistics start the season. Look, I like the way the Kangaroos are building. I think they've got to be patient. Yep. They, they are not going to be contending this year. So six, seven wins for them, I think is is fine as yep. long as they, I mean, their profile at the moment is horrible. Their, their defense is the worst in the competition. Their offense is almost the worst. Their clearance games. So they've got a lot of work to do. So they need to own one part of the game. So we want to see some drastic improvement in some, some areas, not necessarily wins, but you've got to be patient. They're built, they're stockpiling some young talent, be patient. They'll get there eventually, yeah. hopefully, if they've got the right attitude. So, look, it's going to be a tough year for them, maybe for the next couple of years, but at least we know their plan. We know where they're yeah. going. Not like Hawthorne, who yeah. seem to be a little bit confused with where they're at. We spoke to Dylan Moore a couple of weeks ago. He, he spoke about finals. finals. So that's obviously the internal messaging. We, we're going to, you know, we're going to aim for finals. They've got a lot of senior players that have got high-end, you know, all-Australian type, you know, calibre with Gunston and Wingard, Mitchell O'Meara, Sicily, Bruce, Benny McAvoy. So there's a lot there. I was a bit more bullish on Hawthorne coming into this season. Their defence at the back half of the year was one of the best in the competition. They knocked off teams in the finals. Mm -hmm. Under Clarko. uh, Under Clarko. But what we've seen so far in their two practice matches, they look a bit 
disorganised. They look a bit off all over the pace. Off the pace. Yep. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they start the season against North Melbourne, who really, the Hawks, if they're fair, should be ticking that off as a win. Mm. If you guys are confused by him talking about making the finals... Can I just ask what it's like as a footy player, Joey, when you're in a team that isn't honestly from the outside looking like it's going to be a top four team, then what are you saying to your players? What were you told then? Because if you're not trying to aim to be the best, then what do you say? No, it, it is. It's a fascinating. It's a, it's a really interesting one when you are rebuilding. What is the messaging? Yeah. Because if you just sell the message, oh, we're rebuilding, it's going to take time. It does give players a bit of an out, a bit of an excuse to not be as desperate, to maybe not do the extra little 1% as you would do if you were ch- challenging for a premiership. But at the same time, if you say, you know, we're going to try and win the premiership, you know, and you can get disheartened pretty quick. We had a situation like that under Scott Waters where yep. we went into season 2012 or 20, 2012, it might have been, talking about finals. And then at round three, we lost our first couple. It was, oh, we're now rebuilding. And it was a bit, we, as senior players, we sat back and went, oh, this is mixed, well, hang on, mixed messaging. Yep. So the, the internal messaging is interesting. That's what I think we're all fascinated to see with Hawthorne. I think their talent, top-end talent is good enough to win eight, 10, 11 mm-hmm. games. And they should be pride around one thinking about playing finals. I think that should be their their aim. But, you know, does Sam Mitchell want to sort of give himself time to rebuild and play all the kids and do what you're suggesting that maybe the Kangaroos should do? So it is a really – it's a sort of sit and watch for me for the first month yep. of the season. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fascinating. Their defense, as you've mentioned before, with Granger Brass and Sicily and, and GF, big ticks. We Absolutely. like their Impy can play back. Their forward, Kizitsky and Lewis, I think they're two, um, you know, strong Gunston de- back developing options. And then, but the midfield is the is the puzzling one for me because I don't think they should go and play O'Meara, Mitchell, Bruce in there every week. I want to see Will Day when he's fit in there. I want to see Josh Ward go straight. I want to see the youngsters, Newcomb and Bramble, Newcomb, or, yeah, yeah and, uh, and and Warple. Yeah. They're the future of this footy club. Like I think that if you're if you're a rival club. Right, you're dangling. You're looking. For, you're trying to get Amira out of there. If you're Fremantle West Coast, you're looking at getting Amira. Is a club Richard looking for uh, a Tom Mitchell? I think Hawthorne, and maybe they didn't do this early enough last season. They need to be aggressive in the trade. That's period. why the first month's fascinating. Is Sam Mitchell going to start round one with Mitchell and Amira yep. and and Wingard yep. starting on the centre bounce and yep. have Ben Mack like. That's what I'm going to look to yeah. see. Or is he going to give Josh yes. Ward a chance to play in the centre bounce McDonald. early and McDonald and play these plays? Yeah. What is their their plan? Interesting to see. We don't know us. right at this stage, but we're looking forward to watching them for the first month. We've got a bit of footy chat of a different kind coming up after 11, the other side of football, which we often don't get to hear or see about. And that is with the Stan original Show Me The Money, which is now streaming. I'm overly excited to talk to Robbie about that show and find the ins and outs. So we'll get to that. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. I asked you earlier, Joey, oh, yes. the tough question, the, the pick one. Uh, which player would you rather have in your team? Matthew Rowell up there at Gold Coast, the young star, or Connor Rosie? More, probably more goal-kicking power, more sexy player in the sense he's he finish off and uh, can do some incredible things. If you had to pick one, your coach of your team, which one would you rather, Matthew Rowell or Connor Rosie? This might be slightly controversial, but I'm going to take Matt Rowell. I just think he's a more – I think at the moment so you, you're right about um, Rosie. He's certainly got X Factor. He's yep. certainly sexy. Can I fully trust him yet that he is going to be sort of a bona fide star? I'm, I'm waiting to see it. You yep. know, we know he's got some brilliance and he can finish off his work. But I, I think Matt Rowe's going to bounce back. Last year he was banged up. He was sore. Yep. 
I've watched a couple of their preseason games. He looks back to his best. He's covering the ground. Yep. I think he's just a bona fide leader in and under. Love him. So I would take Matt Rowell if I was building a team from today. I think that's a good call, Joey. I'm uh, actually with you. We talk a lot about Connor Rosie, but I think Matthew Rowell's been forgotten. One for you, Sarah uh, Moran. I don't like to give you any heads up on this, so it's always a question without notice. Now, in this shoulder season, it's interesting. Always a big dilemma. Do you, do you stick with the summer white wines on a day like today? Yeah. Or do you start to move into your rosés and your pinots as we move into the cooler weather? It's 23 degrees today. If you, Your first glass of wine, what colour is it today? Oh, yeah. Well, we're definitely not at mulled wine territory, but, no. geez, it's a good time when it is. <laughs> yes. Because there is nothing like rugging up in Melbourne and finding yourself a good little posse somewhere and yep. having a mulled wine. I would say definitely go the rosé. Yep, move yeah, 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 you red. can absolutely yep. move in. Yeah, yep. and if if the Pinot feels right, if yes. it matches especially the meal yep. that you're having, I'm Pinot. You do you. Yeah, I'm not going to judge you if yep. you bust out a Shiraz and that feels good for you. Yep. Have a great time. Yeah. Drink responsibly. Because mm. at the end of summer, Joey, you've been drinking the, the cooler whites, yeah. your Pinot Grigios, and then just sorts to start to cool off a bit. And then you think now is it time to hit the red up? I'd had plenty of reds in Tassie for our golf. We were, we were yes. red, red wine, so plenty yes. of that. And now Tassie. you are red. Yeah, I know. The face is red. About your SPF. Yeah. Oh, the UV in Tasmania. I didn't. Now everyone's telling me about it after I've mm. been. That Yes, it got me. Who won? The UV can get you too here. Yeah, I it know. It could be I a 17-degree day and the UV will be a belter of yes. 10 outside mm. and it can be overcast as well. Do we need to educate you? Yes, I do. <laughs> On the SPF? Just got a call from Hawthorne, Joey, uh, assuring me that they will play the kids. In round one, uh, they're going to play the kids right from the start. This year, we will see plenty of youth in Sam Mitchell. That's been their strong message all year. So Hawthorne fans can look forward to seeing plenty of young talent. As I said, I'm interested in the makeup of that midfield in round one. And I am ready to take note, as is our producer GP, of any of these predictions, boys, because you know if they don't come true, they'll come back to bite you. They always do. That's why we love it. And they are just predictions. It's very hard. We don't even know what this season will look like, um, especially after the last two years. But we just like to look ahead and project a little bit. Um, you know, have a think about what we've seen over the preseason and going back to last year and maybe just put a few calls out on the table, Jay-Z, yep. that people can then hang us on later in the season. Let's start, let's start <laughs> at the absolute top because Melbourne, I think, is everyone's premiership favourite. And after what we saw in the second half of last year's grand final, incredibly talented. They've had a great summer. They're absolutely ready to rock and roll. Spoke to Max Gorn this week. He said, uh, we won the premiership uh, in Perth last year. This year, we're really motivated to win it in front of our own fans, our own families. And he, it was, there was a real drive and steal about Maxi Gorn. So they're focused. There's no doubt about that. But who do you think is the biggest challenger to Melbourne? For me, I, I think clearly it's the Brisbane Lions. Yeah. I think think that they are ready. We know their record over the last three final series is one win, five losses. But if you delve deeper and don't just look at the result, they've actually played well in four of those six finals. They they haven't been disgraced. They, they are People forgot they were missing Hipwood and McStay in the finals last year who were hugely important. I think they're small forwards in the front half. When you think of Lincoln McCarthy, Charlie Cameron, Zach Bailey, now Rayner mm-hmm. and Cockatoo mm-hmm. fully fit plus a Zorko that we know could play that role. I think this could almost be the the, the best collection of small forwards that we've seen if they can string it together. They are elite. They are dynamic. They're powerful. I'm pretty excited about what Brisbane can do. Jared Berry's a huge inclusion, that big-bodied midfielder who hasn't – we haven't seen the best of him. He can defend both ways. 
I love him. I think the Brisbane Lions are ready. I think they'll win a lot of home and away games, and this is the year they'll set themselves. If anyone can knock off Melbourne, it's Brisbane. Lockie Neal primed again. Would be unsurprised to see him right at the front at forefront of Brownlow contention. We'll get to that. However, I think um, uh, Paul Chapman and Steve Johnson and Gary Ablett would like to think that they were probably a handy, very handy, small to mid-sized forward combination they in were. terms of the past, Absolutely. past 20 years. But if you're saying that uh, Brisbane um, has a quality combination that could take them all the way to a premiership, that would be huge. So, question on the Bulldogs. I've, I mean, I like them, but it's the vulnerability at either end. It does feel like it's Aaron Norton or Bust in the forward half. I really like um, Cody Waitman. Um, and down back, a lot hinges on um, Alex Keith, which is going to yep. be absolutely crucial. So who's the jumper? Who's the bolter? Who's jumping into the eight? Who do we think? Who was out of the eight last year, Joe, do you think is going to springboard in? For, for me, it is Richmond. I'm very confident they've got another year in them. I know it's one of those ones, do they have the hunger? Yep. Can they stay healthy? But the way they play, if if they are they're fit and healthy, if their players stay out on the park, like Kane Lambert's already a huge out. Dylan Grimes and Vlosson are probably going to miss round one, so they've already started to get some some niggles. But if they yeah. stay fit and healthy, I think they can certainly be a top four team again. I love the inclusion of Noah Bolter in the front half. Talked about him he, last week. He did yes. he, looked, he, he looked, gave him a nice talk up last week. He looked very good. So did uh, Liam Baker. And what that means for me, Jay Z, is it means I think Dusty doesn't necessarily have to play forward as much as he has in pre- previous years. I think mm. he can almost go back to being. A permanent midfielder. Really? If they've got Jack Rewalt, Tom Lynch, and Bolter, yeah. they don't necessarily need Dusty to kick 40 goals. I think he can go back to being a permanent mid, and I think he would win a Brownlow again. I think if he's lean and fit and hungry, I could see Dusty polling a lot of votes in the midfield for Richmond, Gee. potentially win another Brownlow. Compromised preseason, of course, off the kidney injury. So if he can have that season off this summer, that would be a phenomenal effort. And he is, he is one of the most um, incredible players we've the game seen. What about you? Who have you got jumping into the eight? I got your mob. I got I got Fremantle. So we're talking a lot about can Carlton do it? Can Essendon do it? Can St Kilda do it? I think Fremantle, um, obviously with that strong home ground advantage, are really primed. I've loved the signs that I've seen from Jordan Clark. I mean, yep. Geelong have always rated him. Maybe Matthew Scarlett didn't. There was a question on his defensive ability. Offensively, this guy was a first round draft pick because he can run and carry the football and he can kick it. So I think he adds a real weapon for them off the half-back line. I think Will Brody's been a real find uh, early for the Dockers. And if Nat Fife has said emphatically this week, I am a midfielder. So if you can get Matthew Tabernard, of course, to stand up, I think young Frederick is being yeah, a bit, very good find as a small forward. A bit of a find. Forward. Michael Walters... Um, Back to his best potentially or somewhere close to it. Needs to stay fit. I yep. think Fremantle's probably a club that we're not talking a lot about, yep. that they can really um, make that jump in. And I really rate Justin Longmuir. It's a good call. You mentioned, I mentioned, sorry for the Brownlow, Dusty. I think yep. he's a huge chance. The other one is Lockie Neal. You touch. I feel that yep. Lockie Neal can win the Brownlow again. Yep. I think what happened over the offseason might have just sort of, sort of uh, not embarrassed him a little bit, got him fired up to have a big, big season for yep. Brisbane. He was injured last year. Back. He's fully fit. Yep. And they, as I said, I think they'll win a lot of games. I yep. can see Lockie Neil winning the Brownlow. You got a little smoky because you did pick Ollie Wines at round three at $81. You told us. I didn't listen. Some of your mates did. And you backed Ollie Wines at round three for $81. Have you got a bit of a smoky that could be a little... uh, Outsider to win the brown line. Nice little collect there last year. Yeah, sometimes you've got to get them right, Joey. Hey, I like for a value, I think Hugh McCluggage at Brisbane. For all the mentions, you, the reasons you just um, said, he's an incredible um, wingman. I think he can be part of a team that's going to win a lot of games this year. Lockie Neal is going to be putting it on him to an absolute platter, and he kicks goals. So he can have a 25-30 goal season, Hugh McCluggage. Average 25 possessions. We know how flashy and catchy he is. So I like Hugh. I'll tell you the other one who's made a big statement this preseason is Patrick Cripps. 
Cripps. Yeah, written off for the past two years, Big Cripper, our man. He looks lean. He looks hungry. I think he's rejuvenated under Michael Voss, unsurprisingly. And his performance against Melbourne, I think, was one we really got to take notice of. He's gone from $50 in the Brownlow to $13. He can have another exceptional season, and it would be a really great storyline. Speaking of Carlton, I've yep. got a Smokey in the Carlton side that could be an All-Australian by the end of the year that Ooh. we'll get to a bit later. I'll get to that later on. I want a Carlton. Sm- someone from Carlton who I think could be All-Australian. We're going to come up with a couple of outsiders that can elevate themselves Ooh, like to All-Australian contention. You can see the cogs ticking now in JC's head. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. We are just days out from the men's season kicking off. The countdown is on. And one of the most exciting things that, as just a fan, you miss out on is all the behind-the-scenes stuff, but not anymore. Thanks to the Stan original Show Me The Money, which is streaming now on Stan. From the show, who is all part of it and all part of the wheeling and dealing, is Robbie Zarios. Thank you so much for joining us. On the show, I've stuffed up your last name. There. I'm so sorry, Robbie. Durazio. Durazio. <laughs> all good. All got good. Got a thousand all things good. in front of me here, my friend. But I, <laughs> I could not be any more excited for this show. I have watched the trailer. I haven't sat down to watch the show yet because it only came out on Thursday. Yep. This is incredible for someone like me who's a fan of the sport, and I have no idea what happens behind the scenes. You guys get to shed light on that. Yeah, look, it was a um, it was a opportunity that sort of got put forward to us earlier on last year from um, Jam TV and Stan. So Paul and myself and a few other agents sort of put our heads together and said, if we do this, let's do it properly and and um, share some light on sort of what happens behind the scenes. Which hopefully, you know, it's been out for a couple of days now. Hopefully, people have got to see we're human. We're not just there to rip players out of clubs or try and uh, make as much money as we can. We are sort of trying to save careers and keep people in jobs as well. So. Um, that was a great opportunity to do that, and I think it's come out pretty good. It's a fascinating look behind the scenes and does really bring you into some of those internal uh, conversations. The trade period is just so popular, so th- it is uh, interesting. However, I did see in the first episode, I did see you play a really nice approach shot on the golf course, and I'm just wondering whether that was the first take or you'd had 10 cracks at that because <laughs> it was a lovely long iron by the looks of things, and I'm not sure you're that good at golf, uh, Robbie, it's fair to say. But I tell you what, the first episode, it, go- it just goes whack because you hear Luke Dunstan, a former St Kilda player, and you're there with him. And this is a really interesting conversation. You say, Luke, if St Kilda offered you another deal, would you rather stay at Moorabbin or would you rather work as a carpenter? Because they're your two options on the table at the moment. He says, I'd rather be a chippy. Were you floored by that? You've been an agent for 15 years. Have you actually ever heard that before? I have, Jay, I have, Jay actually. And it's something that I think it's great that people get to see. Like, these guys are human. Um, footy's tough and... Not everyone can play as many games as Lee did, um, which he brags to me about all the time about. <laughs> Twenty seven. <laughs> but look, we we great get to show you know that it, they are human. They are, you know, they do read things, they hear things in the media, and it is a hard industry. People who think AFL is easy are kidding themselves. So, um, you know, it's easy for a Chris Jard who can walk in every week and play well, but there's not many like that. So to see Luke Dunstan who obviously ended up getting 11 Brownlow votes to the back end of the year and mm. still wasn't offered a contract. Mm. It shows that, um, yeah, it's, it's bloody hard. We are chatting to Robbie Durazio, of course, of Connor Sports Management, been there since 2013. I haven't watched it yet either, Robbie, because I heard you're the star of the show and I thought that might put me to sleep. So I haven't watched it just yet, but only joking, mate. Hey, the show is is great because it, it does show the glamorous side, not the glamorous side, but more the, you know, the side of the signing contracts and doing deals and the hustle and bustle. But what about the other stuff that people might not know about player managers? The, the hours where you go out to watch under-18s, trying to ID talent. Just tell us a bit about the other side of player management, the hard yards you have to do 
to be able to build a stable. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting side of the business. I think when you know from afar, you watch the movie Jerry Maguire, and you think, um, you know, it is high flying, and you know, Rich Paul over who manages LeBron James. Mm. You know, it's it's pretty. Um, it's, from the outside, it does look sexy yeah. and, and all fun and games, but there is a lot of hard work that goes on behind the scenes. You know, uh, we'll fly to Gold Coast mid-year to look at the 16s nationals, which will showcase the best talent around the country, which we haven't done for a couple of years. So that's sort of where the journey starts for, for most agents and players. So we'll, you know, I remember watching Andy McGrath beat Ben Ainsworth in a, in a back pocket and Ben was sort of the young gun forward and Andy was coming through and ended up going pick one because of that game. Um uh, you sit down with a lot of recruiters, you sit down with list managers, and you're trying to pick the eyes out of it. At Connor Sports, we try our best to get the, the you know the top end of the draft. We don't make no bones about that. Um, but, you know, you can get them wrong, So and we stick fat if that doesn't happen. But um, there's a lot of, um, you know, you've got to pitch to players, you've got to get the handshake, which is as strong as I hopefully half the time. <laughs> um, and, you know, you hope, as, as I said before, that you're getting it right, because um, if you don't, you've got to stick with that player as long as you can and until he says, look, I'm going to give up on the dream. But um, a lot of unrewarded running, a lot of conversation, a lot of late nights and a lot of texts and, and calls with, you know, mums and dads especially. So they, they ride the bumps as well. So um, you get to see a little glimpse of that. And, you know, in the Nick Dacos story where he really wanted to go pick one, but unfortunately due to the, the bidding system, he doesn't. Just to be able to calm him down and say, mate, it's going to be all right. I think you're going to be a pretty good player in this competition for a long time. Um, they need that a lot of the time. So... A lot of unrewarded running and, and, you know, not sexy parts, that's for sure. Hey, Robbie, this is a three-part docu-series. Was there anything that surprised you along the way filming what is otherwise a completely normal job for you to do? At the start, you do take it for granted. As as Jay said earlier, I've done this for a long time and been involved in a long time. So, you know, for me, going out for brekkie with Christian Petrarch is normal, but when you're at breakfast and four people come and asking for a photo, you realise that it's not. How did Petrarca um, take it when they asked you for a photo? Was, it, was he all right, Robbie? He got a bit jealous. Uh. <laughs> uh, he, um, he's a beautiful human. We love Christian. Um, but look, uh, what, what took me surprised was Colin Young getting into a bath in his suit. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. Um, what other words have you got to describe that, no, Robbie? <laughs> I do love Colin. He's, you know, he's over there in the Wild West. They do do it differently. So, um <laughs> Anyone who wears a three-piece uh, suit most days has uh, got something wrong with them. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry to all the jazz players out there. No, no, we love that. We love that. But no, look, um, just seeing how David Trotter went about it. I played footy with David Trotter when he got drafted to North. I was at Port Melbourne and um, played some footy together, so known for a long time to see how he went about it. Um, Andrew McDougall was obviously an early draft pick and over there in the West. And then, you know, Julian Petrarca, we actually managed Christian. But Julian works for another company, his brother. So um, it's always interesting to see how that operates as well. But um, as I said before, Stan and Jam TV were fantastic, looked after us a lot and um, guided us through, which was which was nice. Hey, Robbie, you've orchestrated some huge trades over the uh, journey and big, big deals. I mean, uh, Chera and Hewitt, obviously, this year, Tom Lynch from Gold Coast to Richmond. You uh, did the Brody Grundy deal, which was a absolute blockbuster um, at Collingwood. Last year's trade period, there wasn't the volume, wasn't blockbuster. Fair to say that uh, Carlton did really, really well um, as one club. But um, what do you think will happen in this year's trade period? Will clubs have more cash? Will there be more movement? I think there will be. I think there's um, there's more understanding now. I think we're going to get a season, you know, proper, which is really nice and exciting. So I think clubs will know more about the players that are on their list and also, you know, what's what's out there in the market. Um, future trades might happen again because they're going to get a good, you know, good chance to see the 16s this year. Mm. Um, so there might be a Matt Rowell or a Noah Anderson running around, and we didn't know that from this group came, coming through. So. 
Sure. Um, I think there'll be a lot more movement uh, this year, and um, which is really exciting. You know, I was speaking to the guys at Stan the other day, and they they probably want to do another series, so you'll probably get a lot more. Um, Action. Oh, excellent. Yeah, a lot more bulk. A yeah. lot more bulk. Hey, thanks for your time. Hey, Robbie, been great to chat, mate. We have to get to a break. We just also want to say congratulations on Ben King yes. re-signing at the Gold Coast. I think every footy fan loved to see that. So well done. You're his manager there. Two more years at the Gold Coast, and hopefully he can be build something special at the Gold Coast. We appreciate your time. Nah, legends. Have fun. See you guys. Thanks, Robbie. Thanks so much for joining us. Robbie Durazio there, the brand new Stan original documentary series, Show Me the Money, is now streaming only on Stan. Triple M's Dead Set Legends. The Dead Set Legends. Triple M. With another round of predictions, but this time we're going to look at some surprise All-Australians and who you both believe are the rising stars of this season. Yeah, we'll have a look because there's always teams that jump out of the blue and surprise. Every year, Jay-Z, in the last 10 years, on average, one team jumps from outside the top eight into the top four. It just generally happens, so there's always some surprise. Same with players. There are players that just elevate themselves from being very good players to being elite, and we're going to try and have a little bit of a stab in the dark. This is a very hard pick, but to try and pick some names that – haven't been All-Australian before, yep. maybe not on the radar, that might end up being an All-Australian by the end of the season. Yep. And I mentioned off the top there was someone from Carlton, and I've just seen enough so far. The Zach way Fisher? Nope. The way they're playing, the way they're now defending behind the ball, I think this player, we haven't seen the very best of him yet. He's a high-end talent. Jack Martin. Now that they play a system, team defense, I think we can see the best of him across half-back. And I think Adam Saad, Ooh. by the end of this season – will elevate himself to an all-Australian defender, Do a bit you? like Bailey Dale did. How does the system because, help him? Because I think he's played in teams when he was at Gold Coast, then when he was at the Bombers under Worsfold, and then last season at Carlton, in teams that play 1v1 defence. And he's a ball ball watcher, chases the footy, he uses his speed to make up ground, but he's sort of a bit vulnerable 1v1 because the balance between attack and defence, he sometimes doesn't quite get right. Now having some more surety behind the football, having some support, it gives him a bit more license, a bit like Daniel Rich at the Brisbane Lions or Bailey Dale at the Western Bulldogs or even the, you know, the Richmond halfbacks. When you've got a good system, you can be more attacking and you can play your natural game. And I think Adam Saad will have a huge year for the Blues and I think he could be an all-Australian halfback flanker. But they got Williams as well. So how does that balance work? Because then they've got two players who, who want to be on hey, the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not getting that deep. Yes, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. They need to get it right. But yeah. uh, I like That could so. be a pick one. Yeah, that's right. Well, who would you who, who is the better Player. Oh, I'll take Adam, oh, Adam Saad, yes, yeah. in the team defence. Yep. That Zach Williams, that game against Collingwood in the wet in the final midfield. But you know what? Colin brought him as a midfielder and have since acknowledged what? They got it wrong. He's a halfback. He's not one. Yes. He's a halfback, exactly yep. right. So that'll be... What about... I've got two others, but you do one. No, no, you can, okay. You, you're on a roll. All right. Well, we tweet Darcy Parrish jumping out of nowhere to yep. elevate himself to elite. There's a player at Fremantle. This might come one year too soon. But mark my words, Caleb Sarong will be an All-Australian. You were, you I love I love Caleb Sarong. Oh, I think he's got Lockie Neal, Darcy Parrish, all those sort of attributes about a player. He's going to be a permanent midfielder. He sort of did run with roles last season up until the last five or six weeks. I think he'll be an All-Australian. If not this year, it might be a year too soon because the midfield is stacked. I mean, he has to go past yep. some of the all-time greats. But he'll be an All-Australian in the next year or two. And the other one... We mentioned him earlier. I think Liam Baker, if he plays as a permanent oh. half forward, small forward, he can be all Australian. I think he's a little beauty. He is just so special to watch when he plays. He just pulls things out of his back pocket mm. sometimes. <laughs> and you're like, where did that even come from? It was magnificent. Yeah. He's a star. So what about you? I think he's going to get paid too on his next uh, contract. I think there'll be some rival circling. Um, Bra- your man Brayshaw at Fremantle is another one who, I mean, I know they faced a big challenge Brisbane, a big 
quandary when they took Cameron Rayner in front of in front of um, Andrew, Andy Brayshaw. Andy Brayshaw. Yeah, I wonder how that's going to sit in a couple of years' time. Certainly be very interesting. Now, my surprise, all Australians, um, I love Zach Bailey at Brisbane. Yeah. Like he, he is as – we think about the midfield talent they have. He is as hard a nut, and he plays with such cor- courage and straight-line speed. I know in a contest, he is always going to be there, and I think with his ability um, to win the pill and be smart by hand as he uses it. I mean, we talk a lot about Connor Rosie and Zach Butters, the guys we mentioned off the top of the show with their new deals. I think Zach Bailey can – can be equally as good as them and become an all-Australian caliber player. The other one um, is a Collingwood man, Isaac Quainor. So you talk Ooh. about the run and carry off halfback and the skills. He has power, uh, Isaac Quainor. And he, and he um, I, th- I think in that in that Collingwood team, which has got um, relies on um, Darcy Darcy Moore there to be a rebounder. I think this is the year where Isaac Quainor can become a 25, 30 possession Christian Salem type player. And I've, I really rate him. It's a good one. I really rate him too. I would eventually like to see him become a midfielder. I think think about Rory Laird going from half back to midfield. I think Quainor with his explosiveness and power, a bit of a point of difference to that Collingwood midfield. I think that's a good one. I like him. What about speaking of the pies? Yep. What about the rising star Ooh. race? Because Nick Dacos, Horn Francis yep. look to have a bit of a monopoly on it. Have you got a decision or a bit of a pick on one of those two, or is there someone else that's a bit of a smoky that can win the Rising Star? No, I think it's between um, those two. I'll be I'll be absolutely shocked if it's not one of those two. I think Horn Francis is going to be something incredibly special. His ability to win the ball aerially and on the ground. I mean, he's sort of heeny, but maybe even more advanced at the at the same age. So I'm Horn Francis. The Pies love Dacos. Who do you think? I'm in the same camp, Horn Francis. He'll yeah. play a completely different role. He'll play that half forward mid, which is a harder role. He won't have the, maybe the snazzy numbers that Dacos might get across halfback, but I think his impact will be more pronounced. Don't discount, though. You said you'd be shocked if someone else mm. doesn't win it. Just take a look at Jake Bowie. The little kid came in for five, six games late last season and was awesome off halfback. You like him. He's flying at Melbourne. Mm. He's still eligible for the rising star. He could average 25 just touches a game at halfback for Melbourne and be a real chance to be a threat to Dacos and Horn Francis. Is he going to keep his spot in that team? 100% he'll keep his spot. Tough team to he, break He's in. a little Caleb Daniel. He's a lock every week. Melbourne, I think, will be pretty much well close to full strength. Petty, obviously, out, and Michael Hibbard's the one um, in a race, but we'll definitely see the Do you think there'll be any heat in that right. game, Bulldogs-Melbourne, just quickly? Do you think there'll be any spice, any fight? Do you think someone will try and antagonise anyone, whether it's the Melbourne boys being a bit chippy or the Western Bulldogs boys trying to sort of stand up for what was a pretty horrible 45 minutes of footy. What do you think? Um, no, I think the occasional takeover, it'll be focused on the footy. It might be a bit of argy-bargy at the start, but I don't. I think there's a, there's a lot in front of them. Gee, yeah. the anticipation's exciting, though. Yeah, it is good. That's a great list of names there. The Dead Set Legends. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. Give me a spell. I've got a good one this week. I tell you what, this has been absolutely unprecedented. I don't even know if anyone else has been in this situation around the world before. I was absolutely dumbfounded because I walked into Kmart, um, Joey and Sarah Marie, and uh, I needed a new belt. So I walked into Kmart looking for a new belt. And I was in a bit of a hurry. Hey, hey Joey, I'm a humble journalist, mate. I can't afford oh, 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 go on afford the expensive stuff like Couldn't you Couldn't even can, go so. to YD. Yeah, Just so order one online. I'm gone. I order online. 
online. Listen to my it's story. Bad. Mate, if you're doing that bad, we can chop you out. <laughs> hey, come on. Are you Kate. okay? Value. I'm just, I'm, I'm a man of the people. And that, <laughs> uh, shop at Kmart. So um, occasionally, so well, I'm looking for a belt and I'm in a bit of a hurry and I bought this um, blue belt and then I worked out. I didn't give it um, a thorough inspection. Um, I just sort of looked at the size. Yeah, per 34. Perfect. That's me. Took it home and I realized, and I don't even know if this has happened in the history of belt manufacturing. But it had no notches. There were no <laughs> notches on the belt, right? I bought a belt without holes in it. Now, has this happened to anyone else in the entire planet? You sure it was a belt? Well, I'm standing there. If it doesn't have holes, it's not a belt. Scratching my head, going, what am I supposed to do with this tied in a knot around my waist? Like For a rope. Fashion. I may as well have been wearing a rope around my head. <laughs> Give me Good. a spell, Kmart. Hey, this just reminded me of a story. This is the same thing, but completely different. This was before I met Aaron. So I have to put that on the record. A yes. long time ago, I went yes. into a shop in the city doing some shopping and I wanted to buy a nice belt because mm. a belt can last a while. Found this really cool belt that had like some um, gold sort of buckles on it and whatever. Yes. And I thought, this looks cool. And the lady, and you would wear and the lady that was sort of helped me, was she was quite attractive. She was very, very, and she was like saying it was a beautiful looking belt, great. So I thought, she's got me there, hooked me, went yeah. up to the counter, didn't check the price. Yeah. Went up to pay for the belt. She goes, that's $300. No yes. And I was too embarrassed to then turn around and take it back. <laughs> you so bought a $300 belt. $300 belt. This when I was like 20. Oh. And it actually lasted me like nearly 10 years. I must admit. It was, oh, so it was a good investment. No, it was a good belt. I'm actually going yeah, yeah. to spell the exact same store as you who yeah. have given me an absolute stitch up. And my partner called me about an hour ago to say the click and collect order that said it was ready to collect collect was not actually there mm. and that there's some backlog in the system and it's probably not going to be there for another week or so and we've got our niece's birthday party to go to directly after the show. Uh-oh. Thanks. Give yeah. me a spell. So you have to go and find another present. You I'm can't gonna, rock up to your shop. niece's empty-handed. You have, yes. Yes, you've got to go get something. I've got to go buy another present. It's the pre-present. Hey, Mike, give me a spell. Jay-Z, I went to get the Herald Sun this morning yes. downstairs here at uh, South Melbourne. Opened up the newspaper, thought, let's have a look at the form guide. Big day of races yes. today. Just a couple of group ones. Give me a spell. It was packing them from Thursday, the form guide. And I Wrong thought, that's a mistake. So I went down and grabbed another paper. Yeah. That also had packing them Thursday form guide. Checked another one. Same thing. What's happened at the Herald Sun today? Gee. You've got a form guide from Thursday night packing them races. No Saturday meeting in some of these Herald Sun newspapers. Give me a spell. Well, that uh, is interesting because I just spoke um, to the chief racing writer, uh, Gilbert Gardner. I said, what's in your paper? And he says, he's got Saturday's form guide in there. So maybe... Oh. We've got a couple of dodgy ones in South We've Melbourne. We've got a bad here. batch down here. It was <laughs> the entire batch, and I had to actually go downstairs and grab the paper. We normally get them delivered. I'll spell the person who's meant to deliver them because they didn't today. And so Joey's asking me, "Did you buy the wrong paper?" <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. We'll give it a little mulligan. It's a great paper. Great read. Thank you very much. But uh, now it's time for this. Your dead set legend. Triple M's dead set legend of the week. Mate, you are a legend. This sprung to me. I thought, I have to give them a dead set legend. And yeah. you would, Jay, you would appreciate this more than yes. anyone. The journalists that are reporting oh. in the Ukraine, mm. particularly in Kiev, the, to give mm. us the independent and accurate reporting, the courage that they have, yep. my God, there's yep. no way in the world I would do that. It's phenomenal. I just wanted to give them a shout out and uh, give them the dead set legend of the week. Good one, uh, Joey. Uh, oh, very brave. Very brave. Would you do it as a journalist? Could you go to a war zone and report for the not, Herald Sun? Not quite as brave. Uh, <laughs> 
bit jumpy. You can get in a boxing ring once, though. That's, That's pretty, true. Yeah, very yeah. good. I'll uh, give uh, a special shout-out to someone who I actually know, uh, a Melburnian who's over there reporting for SBS News, Ben Lewis. We actually did some volunteer radio work together many years ago on CNFM, and so there's probably some Sim alumni, uh, alumni in Melbourne that may know of Ben, and he is doing a sensational job with his crew and, as you say, Joey, everybody else. And now it's time for us to go and bask in this beautiful sunshine that we've got for the long weekend, maybe pop down to Moomba. Yep. Super Saturday. There's a lot happening, uh, Jay-Z. I believe you're going down the highway to... Torquay again. Down to Torquay. Look forward to going down the coast quickly. Uh, Melbourne Western Bulldogs? Uh, Melbourne. Collingwood St Kilda? St Kilda. Carlton Richmond? Richmond. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you very much. We'll catch you all again next week. Triple M's Dead Set Legends is done for another Saturday. So uh, well done, Joey. Hard work's being rewarded. Just some of my best work. Joey, Jay-Z and Sarah Marie will be back next week. Make sure you do a little bit of training. Keep yourself in good shape. Don't come back too fat. That was always (laughs) my little one. You're Dead Set Legends. (laughs) 